thought we sing those songs and it lights up our countenances to think after 10,000 years we'll have no less time. But you know, now is the time we've got to work for the Lord, isn't it? The Amen. only time that we have <clears throat> is in this little span of mortal life while we're here. And I believe that it behooves us to put every minute that we can in the Lord's service doing something. No matter what it is, if it's singing, testifying, doing something for the glory of God. Or just think we're just going to sing 10,000 years if we get there. That's just the song services. It's not quite over there. You know, 10,000 years. So that's going to be a wonderful time. Now we're announcing tonight, Just I got to leave in the morning for Idaho. Be gone a few days. Be back, and then, if God willing, we want to start an old-fashioned revival, right? Amen. Here at the Academy. Amen. The next couple of weeks, we'll know all about it, the Lord willing. And a good teaching revival. Just Amen. We got our hands in a honey jar this morning and had Amen. a wonderful, Amen. glorious time. And, Amen. you know, to you all that wasn't here, you sure missed a long sitting. <laughs> That's a long sitting. Two hours. I was here teaching, and then uh, it felt so good to just come back from up in Colorado and just feel wonderful. And so I, I was going to start the revival right away, and some dear good friends of mine that just couldn't say no to them, Brother Oregon Bright and many of them from California, the Christian businessman, asked me to meet them in Idaho, and I got to go to California in the morning, go up to Idaho for Tuesday, and they're going down Snake River and so forth, want me to go with them, so I had no meeting schedule, so, uh, you know, somebody does something good for you, you love them, <laughs> that's right, they've been good to me, so I went in and asked the Lord, and seemed like he told me to be all right, me go, so I'm going then, and then come back, uh, God willing, and start the revival, Amen. and have a good old-fashioned time. Now, we want you to, to be thinking of it and praying about it. That will, God will just open up the windows of heaven and pour down the revival spirit upon us. As we said this morning, you know, the waters and the, for instance, the river, I could say. Now, when the, sometimes that river's just so rough and jumping and bouncing, but it hasn't gotten more water in it than it has when it's just as quiet as it can be. But it's got a revival going on, you see. And the winds are blowing down on it and making it jump and rejoice. And the good thing about that is it floats all the sticks and trashes of that into the shore. So that's what the revival does. It just bounces us around like that until it just gets us. We're bouncing down here and bouncing up and bouncing over there and over to pray for this and down to the neighbor to see. First thing you know, the Lord reveals to us, you know, you ought to talk about that neighbor and have, well, go ask him to go to church. That kind of bounces a little drop out, you know. <laughs> so that's what we want to do in this coming time. Now, don't want to take too much of your time for an old tomorrow is, is Monday and it's work day. And in doing the time of the revival, if God willing, we just want about a good hour and a half or two hours uh, of a night, song service, and then go right into the teaching of the Word. And I think if songs are marvelous, but you can ruin a meeting by songs. See, too many of them. See, we can sing, but what the house of God is, is for the correction, for the word, for understanding the instruction that we know how to behave ourselves. And I think you've got your song just fine now, just like it was tonight. That's very fine. Now, during this time, we'll have some specials, of course. We can't put them all on one night, but night after night, we'll have specials. And 
we want you to invite the folks to come in, and because we might have to announce it just at once when we get back, and uh, look for it, and we'll put a little ad in the paper, and, and you all come on out. Now, it will not be a healing service. It'll be a revival. Now, a revival doesn't mean bring in new converts. A revival Amen. means to revive them that's already converts. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, is a revival means to revive, see, to bring up, to make life again. And the church, sometimes we get just a little slack, and so we're looking for one of those old times like we used to have a long time ago. Gertie called me a while ago and said her and Sister Angie would come and sing that camp meeting time 40 years ago for <laughs> So we expect and, uh, and tell the other church brethren and sisters that they're all invited. Now, Tonight we're studying a very deep subject announced this morning, and I certainly appreciate the hospitality and kindness of our brother Neville, always willing to step back and let us go out front and everything. That's the real brother. Give his pulpit right up just the same as it was nothing so to do. So we, I appreciate Brother Neville very much. And he's always been cooperative in everything that I've ever asked him to do. He's been right on the job to do it this last time. So I appreciate a brother like that. This morning, we've been studying for the last four months or something like that in the ninth or tenth chapter of the book of Hebrews. We started the eighth verse and got through to about the 25th, I think, this morning. Then tonight, I announced to teach, if the Lord willing, on the... The unpardonable sin. What is the unpardonable sin? Now, to get a background, we want to go back into the scripture reading and review just a statement or two of this morning, and then get in on this subject of the 25th verse, or the 26th verse, rather, and of the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Let's start to reviewing from about the 19th verse and find out a few things. Paul, speaking here, is trying to separate law and grace. The principle or the main subject is separating law from grace. And in here he brings out the approach to Christ by the law, the approach to God by Christ. And he's separating them together, showing that Wherever part plays and all in the Gospels, they all play the same part, only it was under different dispensations. Then we've had where that the worshiper come, made his offering, all the bleeding sacrifice. This morning we turned over into Job, mentally speaking, found Job living under the days of the offering, the burnt offering, and he thought maybe that because his children might have sinned some way that they didn't understand that they had sinned, Job made a burnt offering for his children. To be sure, I like that, don't you? Interest in your children. Making a burnt offering. Offering up a prayer under the sacrifice of a sheep's death. That his children would not be lost. If they had sinned, that God would forgive them of their sins. Then we take on through Job and find out in the end how it paid off. God, after Job had went through his time of chastisement and trials, and at the end it paid off. Job never lost any of his children. He was restored all of his sheep 
all these cattle, all these ox, all these camels, double, and then God restored or gave him his children. They were all dead to the earth, but they were waiting in glory for him to come. None of them lost. See? God gave Job his daughters and his sons. What it means to live and walk in the light that you have to walk in, living up to all the rules and dispensationally rules. We find in the Bible Zechariah, the father of the John the Baptist, which was the second cousin to Jesus, that he was a just man. Did you notice it in the scripture? Just man living under the law. And in his house there was prayers made continually. And his wife, uh, Elizabeth, was barren. There was the Holy Spirit came to him in the far, or Gabriel it was, the archangel, when he was making his offering of waving incense, burning incense while prayers was being made in the temple, that the archangel Gabriel come to him because he was walking in all the light that he had to walk in. That's all God can require of us. Amen. All the light that we have to walk in. There's where the gospel, the, the mental object of the gospels has failed in heathen lands because that we've only brought them a theory or some theology, rather, that some man has made up, and in that we've presented it to them, and it's no more effective than the own worships that they had. In other words, if they had taught that the sun is a great power, and it controls the earth, it does in a certain sense, but then they believe that that sun has a power, that through the sun comes vegetation, through the sun comes life, through the sun comes... Well, that's exactly true. But the sun is only a creation of the Creator. We had one on the platform there. Uh, you've probably gotten letters of it. Many of you know the missionaries and things in there. One come up, they sit and look at the sun until they go totally blind. And they feel if the sun will put their eyes out, then they can't see sin and things of the world. They're blind to the world. And then, in doing that, while they will be saved. Now, that's all the knowledge they have of God. They've been taught that. If they believe it, that's what they should do to make a sacrifice. To have their eyes put out to the sun, they'll be saved. Others walk in fire, lay on spikes, hold their hands up. Say they'll never take their hands down until they find peace. And their fingernails grow out through the back of their hands like that for years and years and years. And fingernails grow down. Never unclench your hand. Hold it up. Walking like that. Sincere, perfectly sincere. But they don't have the gospel. Now... And that it's our duties to see that those mortal beings, just like we are, and after all, they are brothers to us as flesh is concerned, for God by one blood made all man. Every man, every human being come off the one tree, Adam, in the beginning. Now, then to that, it's our duties as Christian brothers to take them the true and living gospel. Then in there, when one will be at this time, one worships little animals and insects and so forth. Then, see, they worship the creature instead of create the Creator. 
Then when they once hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus, they have heard it many times through missionary life, passing tracts and so forth. They say, I said, how many of you gentlemen know about the Lord Jesus? Every one of them. How many of you believe that he was the Son of God? None of them. See? Well, what do you think he was? Well, he was a teacher, just like ours was, and so forth. See? Because this, that there isn't anything to any of their gods that will produce any natural results. But through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ will bring to pass every word he said. That's right. That makes the difference. When this poor man standing there blind, hadn't seen for years and years, I said, what did your religion do for this man? Nothing, of course. I said, but Jesus Christ can give him back his sight now. And he did. So that's, that's the reality of the gospel. Now, Paul here, in speaking in the Hebrews, was trying to tell the people the approach to God was through the bleeding sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's how you approach him, is through Jesus. For he is the lamb to take away the sin of the world. God recognized it. And now he said, in the Old Testament, when they brought the lamb, they made their offering, their sacrifice, held the lamb by paid while it was quivering and dying, the blood flying all over the little fella as its jugger vein was cut. Then they realized that that lamb was dying in their stead. Then they went back out with the same cruelty of heart that they had when they come in. The same desire to commit adultery, the same desire to lie, the same desire to steal and to murder and what more. But a man once put his hands, oh my, a man put his hands on the head of Jesus Christ and confessed his sins. Amen. Feeling the pains and agony of Calvary, what sins, what he had to pay to redeem a man from sin. And the Holy Spirit, out of the blood of Jesus Christ, comes cleansing that man. He goes out a new creature. Amen. And once for all, he goes out a different person. He goes out with all the sin problems settled forever. For by one sacrifice, says the scripture here, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Amen. And he said the Holy Ghost bears record of the saints. Amen. That one sacrifice forever he made his offering, given his own life, set out at the right hand of the majesty on high, and we have a high priest sitting in the majesty of God in the presence of the great Creator, making intercessions upon our profession. Amen. Then said here in the 19th verse, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Think of it. No fear. That's the greatest pleasure is in a Christian church today. Is afraid. And the reason they're afraid is because they're not taught right and settled right on the gospel. Amen. No reason at all why this little place here couldn't be a beehive of the power of God. Buzzing with the glory of God flying from everywhere. This little old hole in the wall here almost is known throughout the entire world. Amen. This little spot you're sitting in tonight, because not of William Branham, 
but because of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, yeah, and the gospel that they've contended for. No, sir, I had nothing to do with it. Not at all. It was him who did it and made the place known throughout the world when it was nothing but a little $1,500 structure or something like that fixed up here with no floor in it. But it's God Almighty who does those things. Now, he has, we have bones to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. Not the old way, by a new and a living way. That was a dead way, an order of law, but now we enter by grace through the Holy Spirit. Oh, I hope you see it. Nothing that you could do. The law was works. Touch not, handle not, taste not, eat no meat, keep Sabbath, new moon, all forms of worship, what man did. But in this new and living way, it's nothing that we can do. It's what he does for us by grace. Amen. We just accept it. Christ takes away the sin. We believe it, hear the gospel, believe it, accept it. And then if we truly accept it from the depths of our heart, God gives us the Holy Ghost as a witness. Amen. Then the Holy Spirit witnesses to you that your sins are gone and you're dead to the world. You rise in newness of life to walk a new life, to live a new life, to live in the power and the presence of God, Amen. not to be cared about with everything no more, but to walk after the Spirit Amen. as sons and daughters of God. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, that walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, to many of you people here, visitors from other churches, I don't want you to think that I'm a pusser at other churches and trying to pat this church. What I'm trying to do is get the carnality out of this church. And that's the main thing. I have plenty to do. But to try to, to do that, keep our own doors swept out here. But in doing so, we have to use other examples. And you know, brethren, from your church, we all need sweeping up around. You understand that. So the thing of it is, is to see that God doesn't recognize any organization or any groups of people. If you're Methodist, he doesn't recognize you because you're Methodist. If you're Pentecostal, he doesn't recognize you because you're Pentecostal. He recognizes only an individual. Amen. That has been born, regenerated by the Holy Ghost and made a new creature in Christ Amen. Jesus. He don't recognize organizations. He don't recognize in, uh, great uh, gatherings. God never comes in great gatherings because uh, it's a great gathering. He comes because the hearts are in one accord and expecting Him to come. Amen. Look at Jesus to the humblest of church. Two or three gathered in my name. Amen. Now I said this morning, I'll say it again just now, that our, our little church here, as far as we are concerned, we Try to stand on the unadulterated Word of God. It Amen. must come from here. The churches, when they organize their churches, the things they do, they block off the blessings of God by their theology that God cannot break through to bless His people. They get their church so formal, so stiff, and so starchy that the Holy Spirit can't come into the church. And then, when the devil seen he had that made, and some was going to break through anyhow, then he let them open the other channels that wasn't the gospel and run them off into fanaticism. Amen. That's right. 
See? They either get to be a bunch of fanatics or a bunch of starches. But in the middle of the road, Amen. there's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I spoke this morning and backing this up now for this great question I'm fixing to ask in a few moments, is this, that man take one another's spirit. Be careful that you don't get some man's spirit instead of the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Go into a church, watch the way the pastor acts, and you'll see the way the people act. If the pastor's real starchy and stiff, the people will be the same way. If you go into words wild and fanaticism, the people will be the same way. So, brethren, we're going to be thankful here in the tabernacle night for a pastor that's sane, sensible, and preaches the gospel simple, full, free, and in his power. Yes, sir. If anything I want to represent right in this world, if I don't represent humanity right, I want to represent Jesus Christ in his right. Amen. I want to be a Bible Christian. What the Bible says, that's what I want to believe. No matter who disagrees or who doesn't, I don't fall out with it, but I want to believe the Bible. Amen. This is the Word of God. I believe that that is truly the plan of salvation. Amen. The Word of God is the only rock that will ever stand in waving ages. Is the Word of God. Oh, Jesus said, heavens and earth will pass away, but my Word shall never pass away. So I believe this is the truth. Amen. As God, I sit humbly before my little church like this, the kids said I've been meeting because they pick at it and so forth. But as a seer who God shows vision, that's not make me any more than that drunkard that was converted ten minutes ago somewhere. That's right. He's a Christian, the same as I am. Go to the same heaven, enjoy the same blessings and things that I would or anybody else. There's no great people and big people in the kingdom of God. Amen. We're all one. Amen. That's right. Everybody's just the same person. Amen. Brothers and sisters, where we yellow, black, white, whatever we are, we are one in Christ Jesus. Amen. There's no DDLs and little bitty deacons and janitors, whatever they are, they're all the same in Christ Jesus. Amen. One person, not one above the other. That's why we are brethren and sisters. Amen. In the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, when we come together sitting in heavenly places with one accord, one heart and one accord, then the Holy Spirit can come in and bless us and give to us the precious Word of God. Then, in this many times, through vision, see things. The first thing when somebody tells me, or I pick up on a recording, that I have seen the vision and foretold something, before I say anything about the vision or anything, First, I check that vision with the Word of God. Amen. And if it isn't according to the Word of God, I say, I say it so far. Thanks be to God, it's always been according to the Word. But Amen. if it ever be contrary to the Word of God, I say, don't listen to it because it's false. This is the truth right here. Amen. The Word of God. Man, when we come sanely sound to God, when we come without any malice, any prejudice, with an open heart, willing to learn... God able to teach Amen. when we're willing to learn. But we must first lay aside tradition, lay aside ideas that we've been taught. Now, I know Mother taught you things that is very good and so forth, but sometimes Mother had things wrong. I've got a mother sitting right here that I, the very subject I'm coming to in a few minutes told me years ago that she thought the unpardonable sin 
was for a woman to abort in a case. In other words, take the life of a child. So how could she ever be forgiven? Mama, and her best of her knowledge, to all that she knew, that was true, see? But it isn't true according to the Word of God. So that makes a difference. So someone said, I was born a Catholic, mother was a Catholic, she raised me a Catholic, I'll stay a Catholic. Well, I was raised up a Baptist, but I didn't stay a Baptist. When I seen the Word of God said contrary to what the Baptist doctrine was, I believe the Word of God and let every other man's word be a lie. That's, I don't fall out with a man. I say, brother, this is what I believe. I'm still your brother, but I believe this is the Word of God. Amen. Now, and when you get settled foundationally right, then you have boldness to enter in. Amen. Now, I know people, and you all got to admit, that we have people in the holiness groups we have people in the Pentecostal groups. We have people in the, the Nazarene groups and in the Pilgrim Holiness and in the Methodists and the Baptists and all who just pretend to be Christians. That's not Christians. Down in their heart, they know they're not Christians. But I don't believe there's any man or woman in any of the groups could ever face Jesus Christ and truly repent of their sins with a true, full, surrendered heart saying, Lord, I truly believe but what God would place on them, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, not at that time. Amen. Now, you are a believer, but God doesn't recognize your faith until He proves it to you. Amen. 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 Hold, brother. Let me tell you something. When your faith, it might be recognized in your own thoughts, but when it comes into God's thoughts, God seals that faith by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Abraham believed God, Amen. and it was imputed to him for righteousness, and God gave him the seal of circumcision as a sign that he had accepted him. Yeah. Hallelujah! And the seal of the living God today, Amen. the church of scriptures, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon the human heart. Amen. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed into the day of your redemption. Amen. The seal of God, God's recognition as you as a believer seals you into the body by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, then, if you haven't been deceived to believe some theory, some feeling, some something or another which is all right, I have nothing against it, whatever way God give it to you, that's God's business and yours, you see. But when a man is ever born to the Spirit of God, you'll find him just as boldly and humbly as he can be, walk up to the throne of grace and know that he has a right to eat from the tree of life. Or something has happened to that individual that has experienced in him that he never found anywhere else in the world. Every man or woman that's born to the Spirit of God has an experience in themselves that they know directly when it happened, how it happened, and what kind of effect it had on them. Every man and woman has ever been born to the Spirit of God. Something happens. Just something changes. It's what is it? It's a conversion. As we said this morning, you've got an old sheet there just as dirty as it can be. Full of ink and everything else. Nothing can take it away. You dip that down in a can full of Clorox or a tub, bring it back out just as white as it can be. That's what the blood of Jesus Christ does to the believer that confesses his sins. Amen. It said there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. When sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. Amen. 
Then when God shakes the sheet and sees that it's dried out by the holy winds of God coming like a rushing mighty wind from heaven, He takes the Holy Spirit and seals that into the day of redemption like that. Then the devil looks upon that seal. He can't come to it. Amen. He could tease at it and buzz at it and fuss at it, but he can't get to it. That's right. He can't get it because there's a seal of God that forbids him. Hallelujah. Forbids him to touch it. That's God's private property. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. That's what makes man walk boldly. They're not scared of backsliding. No, sir, they're not scared of what the devil says. There's one thing about it. You can go refer to your reasons or you can confine yourself to reasons. Don't try to reason it. You say, now let me see. Maybe I'll do this. Don't reason it. Boot it. God doesn't come by reason. It's all unreasonable. No man can figure God out. You never did and he never will. You don't know God by reason. You know God by simple childlike faith. We accept his word. He says the truth and believe it. That's Amen. how you know God is by faith, not by reason. Your reason power was in yourself. But faith comes from God. Yes. Faith is something that's born in you. Something that God gives you. And it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not reasoned. Hallelujah. That's what comes from there through the unadulterated power of the Lord Jesus Christ that makes a creature a new person, baptizes him anew in the Holy Spirit, washes him, hangs him up, and seals him into the kingdom of God. And he's standing knowing where he's at. All the devils in hell couldn't shake him away from him. You might turn a machine gun on him. It's already been tried. A few weeks ago, I walked into the catacombs where old bones and skulls, just about that much of them left, where saints and martyrs died. I stood into the arena where they fed them the lions and everything else, and without batting an eye, they went to death. Only this, that they know him in the power of his resurrection, that someday shaking from that earth will come forth, blood for saints of the living God. Brother, a man that's ever contacted God can't be the same no more. Amen. I remember that old legion, that old fellow come out there to meet Jesus Christ in his bad minds, and the devils had possessed him till he was a legion. But once in the presence of Christ, he went home to tell his people Amen. what good things God had done to him. Oh, they say that religion runs you crazy. It does not. Amen. You're not in your right mind until you find Jesus Christ. For he's the only author of life who can give you your right life. Then we have boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. What does the flesh do? The flesh only veils the blood. The blood is alive. That's the only way that keeps life in my body is for the skin and flesh and tissues and sinew and so forth to hold the blood in their places so they can give life to this tabernacle that I'm dwelling in. Is that right? Amen. That's what veiled God from mankind was the blood and sinew and skin of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The unadulterated birth of his who God the Father overshadowed the Virgin Mary and created in her the blood cell of his own being, the creation. And there his skin kept it from man. But one day the sin of man opened up his heart with a spear and his blood ran out on the ground that was given freely for the sins of the world. Amen. And it's revealed today, and as that blood came forth, also came Spirit. And through the washing of the water by the blood through the Spirit, we are born into the kingdom of God. New creatures in Christ Jesus. 
and God took that dead, still body laying in the grave and rose it up for our justification. Put it in the right hand of his majesty, making intercession. What kind of people should we be? Cowardly, back down, afraid to say to the boss that you're saved or born again, afraid to testify to the drunkard. We have boldness. Hallelujah. Stay in the holy spot of the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, you call they call you holy roar, they'll call you everything. What difference does that make? Call him Beelzebub. See? Amen. What difference does it make what they call you? It's what God calls you. Amen. The world said, Holy roar, ignorant fanaticism. The church said he's gone off the wrong track. He's, he's out of his mind, but God says, It's my son. Amen. I'd rather have that and all the praise of man. Oh, old man, pat me on the back. Oh, Christ, take me by the hand. Amen. That's my testimony. Reminds me of little old David one time when the ark had been down among the Philistines and so forth. The revival was out of Israel. And David was standing one day and he looked across the hill and he seen the ark coming. He's got to be a holy roller. Amen. He went to dancing and running around as hard as he could. And his wife to be made fun of him. Why, he said, you don't like that? Oh, what's this? And down there he went around and around the ark. He went dancing just as hard as he could. Amen. His wife had a disgrace brought upon her. She was made barren. And she never did bear children to come up. Their name in Israel died out. But here's what happened. God looked down out of the heavens and said, David, thou art a man after my own heart. Amen. Yes, sir, I'd rather have that in all the popularity of the women, man, or whoever it was on Amen. this earth. I'd rather have favor with God. God said, I've got a servant. Put my finger on him. He'll believe me and trust me. Amen. That's right. You can't do it on a halfway profession. You can't do it on a knitted mind. You've got to do it on a pure, unadulterated faith by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. You've entered up there and know you touched God by the hand. Amen. You're not afraid of nothing, man. We come in by the new and living way through this blood, through his veil that veiled it just a little farther. Having and having a high priest over the house of God, which is Christ. Listen here. Let us draw near with a true heart and with a conscience uh, and faith. And our conscience sprinkled from evil and our bodies washed with pure water. We went through it this morning. Now the water sprinkled there means shuck away. Our conscience with the sin problem, evil and darkness shuck off of it. And with our bodies washed with pure water through water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, walk freely and boldly up to God, knowing this, that the evil that I once loved has passed away. Amen. Knowing that the life that I once lived has now ceased. Not because I did it, because something came in me and did it itself. Amen. By grace, He saved me. I believed Him. He gave me the Holy Spirit. The things that I once hated, I now love. Amen. The sacrifice that used to be hard for me to go to church, I love to go now. To hear the people sing and shout and testify, I used to hate it, I love it now. Something has changed me that I have a new and living way. Something is anchored here. I know when I went out into the water and they baptized me into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I've been argued that, fussed that, run down, made fun of. Don't make a bit of difference. God said so and I believe it. Exactly. Stood right there just the same, waving right on down. Said, you're Jesus only. You're a one to share this. I don't care what they say. Amen. I believe God's word to be the truth. 
And I don't know how popular it is, and that don't make any difference how popular you become here. It's how popular you are up there. Amen. Well, Amen. a great man recently was asked to preach that. He said, that's the truth. But if I say that and our congregation walk out, I said, I'd rather preach to the four walls the truth. God is able with these stones to write children in Abraham and to compromise with the gospel. Yes, sir, for someday this book will judge me. That's right. The words of God there will be my judge at the day of judgment. I must preach the truth regardless of how it hurts or what it hurts. Listen here now. I'm going on. Let us hold fast our profession of our faith without wavering. He is faithful who has promised. And let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and to good works. Provoke there means to encourage. Encourage one another unto love and to good works. If you see a brother in a church that's got something against the other brother, don't say something to stir that thing up, but say something that will bring them together. Provoke one another unto good works and to love is what we must do. What is that? That's a man that's born again. Amen. If you five brothers tonight don't feel that way when you see your brothers falling out in sharp words between one another, if you don't feel like bringing them together, it's your time to go to the altar. That's right. There's something happened in your life. There's something you've been deceived in. You haven't the experience that God wants you to have. For Jesus, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. And we've spoken evil of, he spoke not back again. And when he... When they did evil to him, he turned and did good to them. When they persecuted him and nailed him to the cross, he looked down and said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Amen. If that kind of spirit's not in you, the Holy Ghost has never entered you yet. For that was the same spirit was on Christ Jesus. The Bible said, let it be in you. Amen. Amen. Christ is in his church. Now, Branham Tabernacle, you bunch here, we don't have any organization, don't have any... And if sign cards or so forth, the only thing we have here is fellowship. Amen. And you who are fellowshipping in Jesus Christ with us tonight and fellowshipping every night and every time, we're always happy to have you here. We want you to be here. You don't have to join us. The only thing you have to do is come worship with us. And we expect every one of you to hold the true mystery of God in your heart without wavering. Come to the worship and come to the altar and so forth and love one another and be in harmony with one another. If you see a brother getting out of the way, go to him and be reconciled with him if you can. Amen. That's right. That's what we've got to do. And friends, if you ever, what are you doing? If you don't do that, you're only making yourself a miserable creature and not a Christian. Amen. Right? And all that you're doing is in vain. Didn't Jesus say, in vain you worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of man? Say, well, I joined the church. I put my name on the book. I did these things. That don't have one thing to do with it. Aye. Except the man be born of water and spirit, he will in no wise enter the kingdom. Notice, coming now to the last verse, just before closing or before going into my main subject, then we we'll, won't keep you too long, not forsaking this assembling yourselves together, coming to church as you see the day approaching much more, People forsaking going to church. The churches are beginning to be evacuated now. The war's over. Everybody's well fed. They got a change of clothes. Got a pretty good job. Settled down. They ain't got time to wait on you when you go to the store. Called the other day to get a furnace fixed. Said, Did I, we put it in? Said, no, someone else put it out of business. And said, see to the people that went out of business. 
Just as unconcerned, recently, last two years ago, they had solicited every bit of business they could, but they got enough money, they don't care. They go, but let me tell you, that stuff will eat cankered holes in you. Amen. I tell you, cut not this world's vain riches that so rapidly decay. Seek to gain heavenly treasures, they will never pass away. Amen. I've been through depression, I've been through prosperity, I've seen it all together, but I wouldn't turn loose the hand of Jesus Christ for all the money and the wealth that you'd pile on the face of this earth and everything else. He's my friend when I'm so he's my friend when I got plenty. I Amen. love him when I'm hungry, I love him when I'm filled, I love him when I'm in sorrow, I love him when I'm happy. I love him because I love him because he first loved me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I was sickly and dying. He was my friend. When I'm feeling good and I'm happy, he's still my friend. Amen. When I'm laying out or dying somewhere in my chilly veins coming up my arms like that, he'll be my friend then. And when these brittle threads that I'm walking on breaks and I've plunged out into eternity, he'll be my friend then. When the ages roll on, after 10,000 years, you've sung your jubilee songs, he'll still be my friend then. Yes, sir. When there's no more moon, no more sun, no more air, he'll still be my friend then as the ages roll on. Oh, how we ought to love him. What is your job? What is whatever you've got? What's your popularity? What's your... Who are you anyhow? That's right. Who are you to turn your back on God? Who are you to refuse to disobey one word that he'd say? Who are you to turn your head at God's word because call some preacher or somebody else told you that it was for some other day? Who are you to believe man instead of God? You believe God instead of man. That's the way to be friends with God. Now, watching all this together, then Paul gives this great climax, this great answer now. Here it comes. Watch. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Now let's boil it down just a minute here in the closing. I'm going to leave it with you and write, church, where I base my revival coming. Right on this scripture. If we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Look, but a, a certain fearful looking for the judgment and the fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary. He that despised Moses' law died under the died without mercy under the under two or three witnesses of how much more sore punishment. Yea, he who has Tried the blood of Jesus Christ, the covenant which is sanctified with unholy things, done despite to the works of grace. How much more punishment will it be under the dying lamb that a man that despised or done rejected to the law of Moses, he had to die without mercy because the lamb had died in his sin? How much more is the man rejected who despises the blood of Jesus Christ? Amen. Now, the first thing we don't know what is the unpardonable sin. Some of them said it's suicide. Some of them said it's, it's a mother that gets rid of her child, a barging case. Others have said this. Others have said because you once had the Holy Ghost and backslid on the Holy Ghost. That's the unpardonable sin. <laughs> it isn't. No, sir. Let's look at it intelligently. 
Let's look at it, the Word of God. Now, over in the book of, uh, of Matthew, the 12th chapter, Jesus was cast out of dumb and blind spirit, or deaf and dumb spirit, I believe it was, out of a man. And when he cast it out, the deaf and dumb spoke. The people turned around and looked at him. They said, well, he casts out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And Jesus turned around and asked them, how could they believe with their hearts full of iniquity and the way they was? Why? Why did he condemn them? Why? Because this, that the word of God itself condemned them. For Jesus, didn't Peter say on the day of Pentecost of Acts 2, about 24, 23, and 24th verse, he said, you men of Israel, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you. God approved him by signs and wonders and miracles which he'd done in your sight, which you also are witnesses. Here's the first thing we got to think about now. When we, Jesus said to those Pharisees in the 12th chapter there, he said, if a man speaks against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Ghost will never be forgiven him. In this world, neither the world will come. What is speaking evil against? Speaking against the Holy Spirit? Speaking against... Now, you could be mistaken and say the operation of the Holy Ghost, somebody shot and it could be the Holy Ghost. That could and it could not be. You say speaking in tongues, he's speaking in tongues, is the Holy Ghost speaking to it? That could be and it could not be. That's exactly right. Because I've lived to see the time that I know that everything speaks with tongues hasn't got the Holy Spirit on them. I've seen devils speak with tongues. I've seen witch doctors speak in tongues. I've seen drink blood out of a human skull and speak with tongues. I've seen pencils lay on the table and write in unknown tongues and witches read it. That don't mean that they're Christians. I've seen them shout and jump up and down and praise the Lord and go out and steal and lie and cheat and everything else. Amen. I know that doesn't come from God. But I tell you, brother, where there is the divine, perfect love of God resting in the heart, sealed the same yesterday, today, moving on, you can begin to take thought of that. Jesus said, this will all men know that you're my disciples when you have love one for another. Amen. Where there's tongues, it'll cease. Where there's knowledge, it'll vanish. Where there's faith, it'll fail. And all these things here. But when that which is perfect come, which is love, it will never pass away. Amen. That's right. The love of Christ. I can't judge by anything that you do. The only judge there is is Almighty God. But Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. Now, we know one thing. Now look here. Here's the whole capping off of every verse in the Bible. We'll just take it in a few minutes to show you that every place it was spoke of, of the unpardonable, unpardonable sin. Then Paul comes over here to cap it off and says, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Then that's got to be the unpardonable sin. Is sinning willfully. Is that right? Amen. He that sins willfully. Now, what is sin? The next thing you have to find out what sin is. Sin is disobedience. Sin is rejecting. Now, look here. The first sin I had a place here I wanted to show you. The first place of this uh, Schofield here. What he wrote in a footnote here. I believe it's found in Romans, the third chapter. He said here, as he interprets it to Webster, of course, in a footnote, he said, sin is rejecting the revealed will of God. Sin in its initial form is to reject the revealed 
Word of God. Amen. What God or will of God. When God has revealed something as His will, and to reject that is to blaspheme or to reject God. Amen. What was the first sin? Let's look at it. If you go back here to Genesis 3, you may read it when you get home if you want to. Genesis 3, when God put the Garden of Eden, put Adam and Eve in there, He told them things that they, that was His Word, that they could do and things they could not do. Now watch from Satan come to Eve. He said, God has said, Thou shalt not eat thereof, but surely thou shalt not die. See it? Then Eve willfully, you get it? Eve willfully doing something that she knew God said not to do. Amen. Is that right? Now, look at it. When Eve willfully, the first sin is ever committed, is that right? Eve willfully knowing the will of God and refused to do it. Is that right? Amen. That's the first sin. Then what is sin? And St. John, the third chapter, the 18th verse, Jesus Christ said himself, is this, that he that believeth not is condemned already. Amen. Is that right? Then sin is actually unbelief. Amen. Satan in his enticement told Eve that God said that, but he didn't mean it. See how he whitewashed the word? Yeah. When I said, now God said it, but he didn't mean it. In other words, you are, your eyes will be open, you'll know a lot more knowledge. Now that same rotten lie is told by Satan to preachers and church members today. Yeah. Amen. To say, the word of God says so and so, but it don't mean that. God's word means just exactly what it said. Amen. That's right. I was talking here not long ago to my own churches, my own people. When the sun put it was from our town. In the healing services, I never presented any kind of uh, doctrines because it's been a mixed up group. But in my own church, I preach what I believe is the truth. I, all I preach is the truth, but I don't go into details with it. When Amen. someone sees me baptizing here, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they said, Brother Ram, I thought you was a... A Trinitarian all the time. I said, you had a lot of faith coming. I said, the Bible said, and not one place was anybody ever baptized any other way but in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I said, but you know, I said, the, I said that thing is laid right before you. A seven-day Adventist brother, which is brother sitting present now, come up here at my house one time to challenge on the same thing. My brother said to him, he said, Now look, brother, you are listening to something that's not right. And he said, Who's Bill Brandon to tell me? Well, I said, Come up and listen to the Word of God. So the boy come up and we laid the Bible out. I said, Now look, brother, are you going to lay your textbook down and we'll take the Bible? Yes, the Bible. I said, Then if God's Word says you're wrong, will you let me baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ? And if you prove to me that Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is the way to be baptized in the Bible, I'll let you baptize me. He agreed with it. And his very first text is the only place he ever got and was condemned right there and then refused to let me baptize him. Now, what does that mean? He, if we sin or disbelieve 
willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. There's your unpardonable sin. If you know what is the gospel truth, and it's laid out to you, and God has revealed it to you, and you know it's the truth, but just to satisfy some congregation or some petty preacher, or to be popular, that you want to hold on to the things that you want to hold on to instead of taking God's word, Paul said, if he that sins or disbelieves willfully, after he has received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Amen. There's your unpardonable sin. Is to know what is the truth and refuse to walk in it. Amen. Amen. Now, you believe that's right? That's what the Bible says. He that sins, sin is unbelief. Amen. Why do you say he's smoking a sin, drinking a sin? No, no. That's the attributes of unbelief. You do that because you don't believe. If a man says that he believes, he must be a Christian and walk in the way that he says he is. Amen. See, attributes. The apple is not the tree, it's the attribute of the tree. And because you lie, steal, cheat, smoke, and do everything you call yourself a Christian, is because you are not born again. That's right. That shows that that's the kind of life you bear. Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. See? And if you do those things, the Bible said if you love the world or the things of the world, the love of God is even in you. You're just only religious and they won't have any salvation. Religious is a covering. But salvation is freedom. Hallelujah. Salvation uncovers. That's right. It shows what you are. That's true. Now, because we do things wrong is because we do not believe. But if you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God's under obligation, if your testimony is true, to give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to seal you into the kingdoms of the dead. Amen. That's right. And if you say, well, I got the Holy Ghost, glory to God, I know I got a pillar in the Spirit. Oh, is that no sign that you got the Holy Ghost? Not a bit. Friends, I've seen all kinds of things fall under the Spirit. That's right. I don't make you have the Holy Ghost. But when you've got the love of Jesus Christ in your heart, when God makes a Christian out of you, when He seals you into His kingdom, you might fall under the Spirit too. You might do this, that, or the other. Whatever it is, but your life will tally to your testimony. Your life testifies so loud to no matter what you say. People don't believe it if you don't live it. They ain't going to believe you. You don't believe it yourself, and the public don't believe it, so you're just making yourself miserable. Uh, Why don't you come with a true heart and say, God, I confess my wrongs, and I believe on Jesus Christ with all my heart. Now, God, give me the Holy Ghost. He'll do it. Amen. That's right. He'll do it. Then, the fruit of that, because you believe, I say, well, I quit smoking, I quit drinking, I, I quit doing this and that and the other. Brother, any sinner can do that. Certainly he can. That don't make, uh, in, a, in a time of war, you see a man say he's wearing an American uniform. Now, Brother Roberson, Brother Funk, many of you soldiers here, you couldn't trust a man because he had an American uniform on? That might be a spy. He might be a German. Amen. He might be an enemy. Because he's wearing an American uniform, that doesn't make him an American. Amen. No, sir. How 
Hallelujah. You might bone dead every church in the country and turn every page every New Year's, and that don't make you a Christian. Amen. Brother, when you've got a fingerprinted credential, then you're an American. You've got a credential to prove that you're an American. And when you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the power of God working in your life and making you live humbly and peaceful in this present world, day after day, Amen. week after week, year after year, they know where you're standing. Amen. That's right. David said it'll be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Whatever he does will prosper, he'll not wither the ground. Because his plant is by the rivers of water. Yes, sir. His fruit shall not wither, his leaves will not wither. He'll bring forth his fruit in his season. He's not ungodly, he's not so. They're like the chaff that dries up and the wind blows them away. That's right. From one revival to the other, and it has to be revived and revived. But a man once anchored in Christ knows where he's at. Amen. That's right. Now, Thank if you. we sin, S-I-N, sin, now what is sin? Sin is unbelief. How many knows that? Get your Webster's Dictionary anywhere you want to go. Here in the Bible, the first sin was unbelief. Is that right? Yes. He that believeth not is condemned already. All through the Scripture, everything. It's unbelief, unbelief. If I say it's, it's night outside, it's dark. How much is dark? Guess what part of that's night? It's all night. Is that right? Yeah. It's night because it's dark. Is that right? How much is light in this room? Is this part light? No, the whole thing's light. It's light because it's light. Yeah. And if you're a believer, you are a Christian. If you're not a believer, you're not a Christian. Yeah. That's Amen. all. For you're not saved by any good works. You're not saved by shouting. You're not saved by dancing in the Spirit. You're not saved by speaking in tongues. You're not saved by keeping Sabbath. You're not saved by meat-eating. You're not saved by joining church. You're not saved by water baptism. You are saved by faith to grace, are you saved? Amen. Hallelujah. Right. And if you're truly saved, these other things automatically come. You speak with tongues. You can shout. You can praise God. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophet. When a pastor sees something wrong, he say, Look, sister, brother, that's wrong. You're submissive. That's right. You're submissive. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. You're submissive. Say, God, forgive me. I didn't mean to get out of order. I'm ready to all hold up in the church and move on. Then you're going to see a church moving for the glory of God. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. Everything's in order. The church set in order. But if you get your head stuck up, say, I don't believe. I just tell you, I don't believe. That shows right then there's something wrong with you. That's wrong. There's something wrong. You can't stand correction. You know what I mean. The scripture says mark those too. That's right. You can't stand correction. You can't stand in order. You can't stand in things of God. Then you fall. Paul said they went out from us because they wasn't of us. That's right. And he said, all these teachings, and he said, when I come among you, these this and these that and these other, said, well, I hear these even contentions, and one man living with his own mother, and the next one getting drunk at the Lord's table, said, I hear all these things that ought not to be. Um, and when they went out, he said, well, they went out because it wasn't of us. That's right. He said, you eat at the table of the devil, then you use the table of the Lord. Then try to call yourselves Christians. He cut them, he sliced them, he loved them, but he told them the truth. And when that generation rises up and Paul stands before him, Paul can say, I'm free from all man's blood. I never shun to tell you the whole truth of God. Amen. I won't have to answer for Paul's day, but when this generation comes up, I'll have to stand as a witness. 
that if I know something's the truth and refuse to tell it and compromise because of popularity, I'll be cast out as a hypocrite. But I may be cast out as an imposter. I may be cast out as a fanatic and called everything in the world here. But that day, God say, you kept my word. I'll keep you in the day of tribulation. Amen. That's right. That's the thing to do. If the Bible taught not the baptism of the Holy Ghost to cease way back there, I'd teach the same thing. The Bible teaches Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If it said miracles cease with the apostles, I would believe it. But God said these signs will follow them to the end of the world. I believe it. If they say people can only speak with tongues back in the apostolic age, and the Bible said that's the only age is speaking, I believe it. But he said these signs of speaking in tongues is going to come on to the end of the world. If water baptism in Jesus' name was to cease with the apostles and in the Catholic Church form the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, if we're supposed to cease back there and start with this, I'd do the same thing. But a talk that is the same, this gospel must be preached in all the world for a witness, and then the end shall come. If sprinkling was in the Bible, I'd be sprinkling. That's right. Amen. Whatever, if feet washing was in the Bible, I wouldn't preach it. But the Bible said, happy are you if you know these things to do them, and I've told the truth. If the Lord's Supper were spiritual and wasn't to be taken natural, I'd say so. But Jesus said, Blessed, to do this and take these articles of his, his body, until he returns again. Amen. I stood with it. If you said divine healing ceased back there, I would believe it. But Jesus said they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover until the end of the world. I believe it. Amen. Right. I believe the signs for the believers. I stand up and see a lot of fanaticism raised up and act like and mock and make fun like that. Not making fun, but they go out and bring reproach. Actually a reproach. Stand in the church and speak in tongues and go out and pout and fuss and blow away for the next revival and come back in. That's not God. Right? No, sir. By your fruits you're known. I don't care. Then you can present the truth to them and say, Here it is, thus saith the Lord. And the man looks at that, he's afraid of it, he walks around and says, Oh, I don't believe it anyhow. Brother, you've sinned against the Holy Ghost. You've done something that you'll never be forgiven for till you come make that thing right. Amen. If I come as far as the Ohio River and there's the bridge and they tell me there's the bridge to go across on, I say, well, I'm going to take my automobile some other way. There's the bridge. It was put there. There's a toll to pay. I've got to cross the bridge. If I expect to get to Kentucky from Jeffersonville, I have to cross the bridge. Is that right? Oh, I say I won't do it. I'll just go buy me a boat and go across on the boulder. I'll hire somebody. Listen, there's a franchise on that bridge. When you get down to the other shore, the authorities will meet you right there and arrest you for doing that. That's exactly right. No wonder Jesus said a man come in without the wedding garment on. He said, friend, what are you doing here? Who brought you in here? And the man stood helpless. Why didn't he? In the, old, in the parable there, the bridegroom in the old ones today, the bridegroom sets the wedding supper. And when it is up to him to furnish the robe, Jesus Christ sets the wedding supper at the end of life. It's up to him to furnish the preparation of the robes. Amen. And at the door, the porter, as it was, one of his close friends stood there. And every man that come up with a ticket got the same kind of robe. He put it on him. If he was in rags or if he was in broadcloth, just the same he wore the robe because he looked just exactly like the rest of them. That's exactly right. And brother, when we come to the wedding supper, we've got to have on the same robe that St. Paul had on back. We've got to have the same baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
We got to have the same gospel burning in our heart, the same love, or we'll be turned out. Amen. Say, well, brother, I was Pentecostal. I, no, sir, that won't shatter you a bit. I was a Methodist. I was a Presbyterian. I belonged to Branham Tabernacle. That won't have nothing to do with it. Fight! You see the gospel truth. How did Paul baptize? How did the early church baptize? In the name of Jesus Christ. What did they do in that? They taught divine healing. They taught the power of God. They taught the literal returning. They taught the natural taking of the articles of feet, washing, and the, and the uh, communion bread and things like that. Broke the bread from house to house Amen. with stainless for heart. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, sir. They believed in rebuking sin where it was and turning things aside. And I surprised it wasn't easy. But Peter told them, said, what would happen to them? When old Simon the sorcerer believed he'd come in and wanted to buy the Holy Ghost or be a great guy in the church that I'll put a whole lot in the treasure you just let me get through anyhow. Peter said, your money perish with you. And you'll have no touch in this order. God bless them, man. You had real Holy Spirit conviction that Amen. and tell the truth. There it is. Simon, you're wrong. Simon knew he was wrong. Now, if you refuse to walk in that, you blaspheme the Holy Ghost. For he that sins willfully, after he has received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. I shall not steal, I shall not lie. We went through that this morning, showed that that sin wasn't even known until the law magnified it. The light law wouldn't be known here in the city. It wasn't wrong to run a red light unless it was up. There's a law against it. Would be your law, would be your law wrong to run through the streets 90 miles an hour unless it's a speed law? And we never know sin unless there be a law. Then when law come and made sin magnified or manifested, then Jesus' grace come and took away the desire of sin from your heart. Amen. That's taking sin away. The highest thing in the heavens, God himself, become the lowest thing on earth even to represent a snake. Did you know that? He was the brass serpent in the wilderness. Is that right? Amen. From the highest article of all eternity to the lowest creature on the earth. And from the holiest thing there was unto the unholiest thing there was. For he took the sin of every man, every beast, every mortal upon himself and died as a sinner. With your sins upon him. The second man couldn't have come. The second person of the Godhead couldn't have come. The third person of the Godhead couldn't have come. The fourth person, the angels couldn't have come. God himself come down. Amen. The highest to be made the Lord to take away sin. Then men and women, watch what he said and believe him. Now, the Bible one day sinned willfully. The man, in the, when he come and laid his hand upon the dying lamb, he said, I have committed adultery, high priest, and I'll offer this lamb without a blemish, type of Christ. Put his hand upon his little head, they cut the throat, they quivered and bladed and died and shook. And he knowed it right in there, lady, his sins. He ought to die like that himself. He had to die if this innocent substitute didn't die for him. Then his name, Mr. John Doe, was put on record. He was kept here. One of the Levites kept it. All the scribes. He was kept here then, and he had committed this adultery. He had offered this lamb part. Then he recognized that the Word of God required one time a year. That's all. Well, he went right back out with the same desire. He seen the woman again and committed adultery again, picked up sticks on the Sabbath, whatever his sin was. He come back again with another lamb before the cleansing of the sanctuary. 
And when he come back again, what's your name? John Doe. Look down on John Doe. What's your crime? Committing adultery. Yeah, we found him, caught him in the act. Well, you've already done it. You've had one atonement. The Word of God requires you to be stoned. And they drag him from the place out there and stone him without mercy. I don't care if it's the mayor of the town or who he was. Whoever it was, he died without mercy. That's right. Because he had rejected the Word of God. Amen. God required one lamb. And he rejected it. And now Paul says, that was under Moses' law. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses that caught him in the act. How much more would it be when a man lays his head on the Lamb of God, the Son of God, and his torn heart, his bruise, his tears running from his cheeks, the thorns on his crown, the blood running over his face, kneeled with salty tears into his striped body. And a man will come and say, yes, I'm convinced that that's the Son of God. And then we'll turn around and disbelieve his grace and his mercy and his word. Paul said, he that does that willfully, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. But a fearful looking for the judgment, the fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary. My brother, when truth is presented to you, I'm laying this as a basic foundation for the coming revival. You bring your Bible every night. You bring your pencil. Bring your book to check off. And any time that you see anything you don't understand, come let us reason it together. I want to know truth too. I'm just as open for truth as you are. And I want to know what's right and what's wrong. For I don't want to disobey one thing that he said to me. See, I want every bit of it in my own heart. But it has to come out of the Word. For if we disbelieve willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. Let me drop this and close in just in a minute. Look. Now, when Jesus told them they had blasphemed the Holy Ghost, which was no pardonable, unpardonable sin, look, Isaiah the prophet, all Jeremiah, all the prophets, they said when the Messiah comes, this would be him. God, Jesus Christ was the Word of God. Is that right? Amen. To reject Him is to reject the Word. Is that right? Amen. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. And here was God's written Word made manifest here as God's Word on earth. His every word He spoke was a Bible. Amen. Every paragraph he saw was a written word. He was God's word. And when the written word had declared that he was the word, and when he came manifested here on earth, and those people looked at the word and rejected it, you get what I mean? Because they lost their passage. Because they had to give up the church. Anybody said, if you believe that kind of heresy, we'll just put you out of the church. Well, they couldn't believe him. They believed him in their heart, but they didn't want him. They couldn't afford to make a public confession of it. Because if they did, they got put out of their church. So they loved the praises of man more than the praises of God. They said, well, our church don't teach it just that way, so we'll just look at them same old devils live today. Amen. Amen. Sure. They live today. Well, my mother was Catholic, or my mother was Presbyterian, 
And I tell you, she was good for mother. Mother walked in what light she had, but the day has come when the gospel light is shining. The idea of church, Christian churches is dying. It's Amen. failed. God's taken in now to reveal himself again through his church, the resurrected body of the Lord Jesus Christ, resurrected our church entity, resurrected our cold formal churches, resurrected our fanaticism, God bringing forth a bunch of bones and putting skin on it in the Amen. power of the Holy Ghost that will bring the gospel Amen. in this last days with signs and wonders to the end of the world. They'll teach the Bible, they'll stand by it, they'll live by it, they'll not compromise right or left. Right. They'll stand around the word and move on. And God will be with them daily, confirming the word with signs and wonders following Hallelujah. All oh, you morning stars rise and shine. Hallelujah. Well, on the watch tower, he said, Oh, watchman, what in the night? Amen. <laughs> he said, The night cometh, and morning cometh also. <laughs> watch. Always the night before the morning. That's right. They kept time with the stars. And just about the time they come to a place before breaking of day, the light coming on presses the darkness until the very darkest time there is. It comes light or darkness just before the break of day. If you're a person acquainted with the mountains, yeah, I don't care which way the winds are coming, how it's coming, how hard it's going. Let that first ray of light break the skies under, and the wind will come right down the channel. Come right down the valley. I don't care what kind of wind is blowing, it will stop right at the break of day and come down the channel. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Funk was laying there the night, Brother Roberson and I, I walked outside there, put on my shoes, I just started crying and run back in the tent again. I got a revelation to stand there, went back in the tent, and Brother Woods and Landlord were sleeping as hard as he could. Now I sat over on the side of the place, just crying as hard as I could, shaking. Oh, I seen something. I said, Yes, Lord, the night cometh and the day cometh also. We're going through a great oppressive time when theologies and everything of churches have said, Come join ours, come join ours, come join ours. But just as she begins to break day, that rushing mighty wind's coming down the channel again, right down Amen. into the church like that. Hallelujah. This is the break of day. Oh, it must be the breaking of the day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the same Holy Ghost power is claiming the same gospel that was in the beginning. is claiming it again today. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Oh, God, we're marching towards power as a church of the living God. Hallelujah, I believe. You think Amen. I'm noisy? I got something to be noisy about. Let me tell you, my brother, when the blood of Jesus Christ came from all sin, Amen. I've seen 23 years now of leading of the Holy Spirit to yield myself to Him and not pay attention to Amen. what He says. It's put up something in my heart that's anchored there that I didn't put in myself. The Holy Ghost put it there. God's got truth for me. I'll walk in the light as He is in the light. I'll have fellowship one with another one of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. For he that sins willfully, rejects willfully, as he receives the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. Listen here, men and women now. My friends and Christian friends, if the only thing that you know about is just simply coming to church, you stop that right now. Stop this thinking you're all right. If you've got an imaginary mind, well, I believe I am saved. And you see that you're always picking fusses. 
or you're always griping about something. There's something wrong with you. If you see you just can't keep enmity out of your heart. If you see there's something like that, don't be deceived. God is not lost. That's right. Whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he reap. That's right. The thing for you to do, you say, well, I believe I've got the Holy Ghost, and you see it don't bear fruit of meekness and yielded and, and kindness and gentleness and forgiveness and so forth, then it's time for you to shake out of yourself. Or if you sin willfully, as you receive the knowledge of the truth, there will remain no more sacrifice for sin till you come make that thing right. That's right. If you know you're doing wrong, walk right up just as humbly as you can. Search it out. Well, you say, I'll look it up some of these days. Some of these days may be too long. You may not live some of these days. The thing to do is search it out right now. Try it. Look at it and see if it's right. And if it's the truth, walk in it. And God will bless you. Let me tell you one thing before, just in a minute now, before we close. I'm sorry to keep you like this. But just let me tell you some of the things I know. If there's anything that I contribute to boldness to walk up before things when I know that certain, certain things and come up to challenges at times before demons and powers, there's one thing that I can stand on and I feel good. Two things mainly. One thing that I know from the depths of my heart, I've tried to teach the Word exactly what it says. I know that God promised He'd honor that Word. <laughs> I don't care what preaches it, what it comes from. If it's from a hypocrite, God will honor the truth. You believe that? I don't care if it's the biggest hypocrite in the world, God will honor the truth. That's right. I know that this is truth because I've read it out of this Bible. I know that's the truth. And the second thing, then, and I know that angel, when he met me there, he said, Don't fear, I'll be with you. That's right. Therefore, not knowing how, walked out without visions before things, not knowing what to do. When I got a vision, I know what to do. But when you don't tell me, I have to step right out there and a challenge to the negative. Right there, I think, Lord, I have not shunned but declared the whole counsel of God. Everything in this Bible that you said do, I've tried to follow it. Therefore, Lord, in my heart lays your word. You're obligated to watch over your word. Amen. If there's anything that I know that I should do and I haven't done it, Lord, it's hid from me. I know I've tried to walk with you and I know you've honored it and all. And I've told people, though it's hurt me sometimes bad to tell people, but I've told them anyhow for it's the word. And I'll never tell them to do it unless I do it myself. Amen. Walked up like that. And I walk a little closer and I think, Lord, see that power standing under that demon ready to challenge you and giving you a dare to come to him. I said, Lord, it's not my word, it's yours that I'm standing on now. Walking on out there, taking my time. I get there, I think, oh, angel of God, let your presence come near. For you're your servant that was sent to protect me in these hours, and you promised me that if I go, you'd be with me. So I walked right on out there and said, then in the name of Jesus Christ, I tell the truth. What demon scream? What things take place? Because God's obligated to his word. But if I know these things were true, like baptisms and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and all these other operations and things, and know there was a truth, and just because I want to be popular amongst and let somebody pat me on the back and say, Doctor, Reverend, or, or Bishop, or whatever it is, you, 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 you preached a good sermon, that's the praise of man. 
I'd rather be sniggering and laughing at me, making all kinds of fun of me, and know that I've stood true to God. Amen. That's right. That's true. I don't want praises of man. I want the praises of God. I want to know that I have not shunned to declare the truth. Then if you reject it, that's up to you. See, That's right. But let me tell you the gospel truth now in the coming revival. Except the man be born of water and of spirit, he will in no wise enter into the kingdom. The words of Jesus Christ in St. John, the third chapter, he told a great ruler that was a religious man. He was a renowned man. He was a pious man. He was a teacher. He was a scholar. Everything that you could expect in him, he was. But Jesus told him that he did not have everlasting life. Of course, he, hadn't been, he didn't even understand it. He said, hey. except the man be born again, we cannot see the kingdom of God. No matter how religious he was, he belonged to the biggest church. He had one of the greatest names. He was a teacher of the Bible, but yet hadn't witnessed the experience of the new birth. Have you tonight? I want to ask you a question, flat and right to the point. I don't say it to put you embarrassed. I'd rather be embarrassed here than embarrassed there. Wouldn't you rather do that? There's many of you here seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many of you here have watched me since I was a boy. Just a little kid here in my teenage preaching the gospel. And I haven't buried one speck from the gospel I started with. I still teach the same thing. Because it wasn't given to me by some seminary. Neither was it taught by a man. It come by revelation of the Bible. That's right. Therefore, I know it come from God and I've stayed with the same gospel. Many years ago, I preached the water baptism in Jesus Christ's name. Many years ago, I preached the cleansing of the human soul by the blood of Jesus Christ through sanctification. I preached the baptism of the Holy Ghost as a confirmation or the sealing of God's people away in the kingdom. You know that's right. I taught divine healing. I taught the second coming. I taught feet washing. I taught communion. I taught holiness before the Lord. I taught all those things to begin with. I taught speaking in tongues, not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. I taught shouting, not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. There's none of those things you can say the evidence of the Holy Ghost or the only evidence. It might be the evidence the Holy Ghost is there. Singing might be the evidence the Holy Ghost is there. Talking might be the evidence the Holy Ghost is there. Any of the signs might be, and yet it's not infallible. There's only one person who can say the Holy Ghost is there. That's God Himself. He is the judge. I've seen them sing, I've seen them talk, I've seen them shout, I've seen them speak with tongues and all those things, and didn't. Their fruits prove that they didn't have it. You've got all faith, I guess, in me to believe that I have it. I do too. I, God knows it. I believe that you've got it. I have all faith in you to believe that you're kind and loving and sweet and everything. I believe that you are, you're a Christian people. I believe that you've got the Holy Ghost. I couldn't swear to it. God knows it. I try to see. So we can't judge for these things. You can't pin God down and say this is it because He is the judge. We wasn't sent to judge. We were sent to preach. Is that right? That's right. To preach. And I can bring the truth. If you reject it and walk away, I know the Bible says that if you do that, then you there's no more remission of sin till you come make that right again. That's exactly right. So if you see truth, you walk in truth. And now, when you're coming, I want to ask you something. How many here say, Brother Bill, Right out, just as plain as I can, before the public, uh, I may die before I even leave this building. 
For I want God to know and the people to know here that I want the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. Would you raise your hand and say, I really Amen. want the true baptism. God bless you. Now we got a chance for a revival. And listen, friends, don't come saying, well, now, if I feel real cold and, and if I get it way sister got it, way sister God, don't you look for it that way. You just come with a pure heart believing that Jesus Christ is the Savior and you've accepted Him and you believe God will keep His Word and you're looking to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He'll give it to you. Say, hey, Lord, I'll just, any way you pour it into me, just so I get the Holy Ghost. That's all I want is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Give me something that will take this selfishness away. Give me something that will take all this fear and doubting away. My Lord, don't make me, if you make me shout, I'll see another shout and didn't live it. Don't make me speak with tongues, Lord, I'll see another speak with tongues and didn't live it. But Lord, put something in me that will live in me. That will make me walk every day as a Christian. That will make me love my enemies. That will make me speak good of those who speak evil of me. That will make me ready to repent of anything that I do wrong. Come right out and confess it out and say I'm wrong. Forgive me, God. That's the kind of spirit you want, isn't it? Amen. Yes, sir. Make me humble. When my pastor sees something wrong in me, he walks around and says, Now, brother or sister, you ought not to do these things. Make me humble. Say, Yes, my brother. You help me now to pray. I don't want that kind of spirit on me. I don't, you don't want that kind of spirit, do you? You don't want to go around with a puffed up saying, well, Honey, you have no business telling me. I know where I'm standing. Oh, when you do that, friend, you can see right then that you're out of the will of God. You can see you're wrong to begin with. Why not be humble and submit yourself to the Holy Spirit? Say, Yes, I'm going to lock arms with the whole church of the living God. I'm going to move on. If I see something wrong with my sister, I'm going to pray for her. I see something wrong with my brother. I'm going to, if he continues on, I'm going to go over to his house and say, Brother, dear, let me have hold your hand with me. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. You know, we're, we're getting aged, and we, we don't want to go out into a devil's hell. I've noticed you doing a certain thing. Now, let's, let's you and I pray over it. See, something like that. And then if the brother don't receive you, then... Uh, you can't help that. Then you get some other brother to go with you. And then if he gets haughty, and then you've done your part. That's all. Then go tell the church, and that settles it, you see. Uh, now, you know I, good and well, and this little bunch of people sitting right here, you've seen the hand of Almighty God on them things. Uh, you know people that's walked right here that claim to have the Holy Spirit. You know that. They walked up here and got haughty and different and everything else and walked out. When I come back, the pastor told me, and I said, did you go see him? Yeah. Did you take somebody else? Yeah. I remember Brother Shelby telling me about, and the others, different ones that went to the people trying to, I went to the people, I said, oh my, they ridiculed me and said everything, called me up, everything. I said, now look, my dear friend, this won't work. Oh my, you're just got out in the world and you're backslid and you're like this and you don't get no soul saved and all that is and all you think about I said, don't you think that I am following the Holy Spirit? Oh, you're wrong. You're this, that. You, know, you have to obey me. I'm the one who tells you what to do. And you see right then it's the devil. And I said, look, from henceforth, from now on, if you won't be reconciled to the church, they love you. But if you won't come back, then remember, I've been to you four or five times, each one of you. Then I've also told, took others with me, and you wouldn't be reconciled. Now I'm going to tell it before the church, and from henceforth, you have to be as a heathen and a publican. 
That's the Word of God. No matter how flat it sounds, that's the Word of God. And I walked through the church and I said, from henceforth, these people are not our brothers and sisters because they have separated themselves from a seeming that I have in the Spirit and gone out and you see what's happened. That's right. That's right. You see what's happened. You can't get around the Word of God. When God says do a certain thing, that's exactly what God means to do. That's right. So now let us join up together. Let us be a bunch of people here in this little old tabernacle, not because if you want to take that name of mine off the front out there, that, they just put that on there. Just call it anything you want to. It don't make any difference. You can just call it church if you want to. It don't have to be a Branham tabernacle. Branham has nothing to do with it. Not at all. It's not a thing. They just put my name up there because the deed was in my name there. And they mailed it up and I went down there and worked during the Depression. And they brought their tithes in instead of me keeping it and not working. I put my own tithes in and offerings in and the money in. And we built the tabernacle here. And it's built on the alms of the people that they give to me to make a living with. I worked and put it back in the tabernacle. And that's the reason they call it Branham Tabernacle. That don't have one thing to do with it. It was called uh, a Neville Tabernacle. It's called anything you want to. It don't make any difference. It's just a little place that God gives us to put our heads and in here, we come and worship the Lord, teach the Bible just as true as we know how. Brother has been challenged across the nations to places and every kind of a thing, and yet God's Word moves on just Amen. as clean, Amen. just as clean, holy, and unadulterated as it can be. Thank come join up with us now. Not join the church, not join us, but come join into Jesus Christ. Amen. Love Him. And if God has so honored His Word to heal the sick and the blind and the afflicted and swept it across the world, surely he wouldn't let me go out with an arrow then, would he? When it's right here written in the Word of God, don't reject it, my brethren. Receive it because it's the Lord Jesus and you all get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's be one big happy Amen. family. Then don't come and say, well, i got the Holy Ghost. Glory to God, I'm going to have gifts now. Just let the gifts alone. They'll take care of themselves. God, when he sees you, wants to use you for something, he'll tell you what to do. Go do it. Don't seek gifts. Seek the giver. Come in and receive the Holy Spirit. I believe we're going to have a wonderful time, don't you? Amen. Now, what is the unpardonable sin? Is to sin willfully after you have received the knowledge of truth. Is that right? Amen. For he that sins, and what is sin? Unbelief. When you look at it and say, that's the truth. But you refuse to receive it. He that sins or displeased willfully, after he received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Oh, There's the truth oh. there, it lays there. It's just exactly like you come up. Here's the same thing in a great way. This will, I'll close then. There's Jesus Christ, he's the Son of God. To accept him is life, to reject him is death. Yeah. Do what you want to. You say, well, I don't believe it. Well, I tell you, I don't believe it. I just don't. Well, if you don't, that's up to you. You don't have life, that's all. Because that is the truth. Amen. That's right. All right. The same thing on any other truth. That's right. To refuse, to reject, to disbelieve the Word of God is unpardonable sin. Amen. You have no more right. If you come up and say, well, I don't believe you was a Christ, then you will never be saved until you repent of that and be reconciled to him. If you say, this is the truth of God, it's put out to you, and you say, oh, I don't believe it, then you are cut off from God until you repent and come to the truth. Amen. Is that right? 
May the good Lord bless you real richly. May he keep you healthy. Pray for me while I'm gone. Will you do that? That God will give me safety and return back again for the revival. And then upon this basis of God's written truth, we establish the revival. Amen. May God bless you while we bow our heads. Brother Teddy, if you'll sip up here to the piano just a moment. Give us just a little song of some sort while we're in prayer now. Father, at long, lengthy teaching, hard, cutting, feeling the Holy Spirit first come into the meeting and give us a blessing that He is here at the beginning of the teaching knowing that he was here, then thinking, turning into the Word, to the very fine point of what unpardonable sin would be, but to be, to disobey or to reject the Word of God. Then, Father, we look at that and think, Oh, God, cleanse me from all unbelief. Let me believe that this Bible is your Word. And let me believe that it's written here for admiration and for correction, that a man might stand before God blameless, knowing that this same book will be judged from. And he said, Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of this book, and doeth them. The same shall have a right to the tree of life. But those who will not do them will be counted as dogs and sorcerers and so forth, who to be cast out whose end is to be burned. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings. And he that will take away from this book, put something in its place, the same will be taking his name out of the book of life. But whosoever shall keep all these commandments and do these things will have a right to the tree of life. God grant that uh, us in this church tonight will always walk in the Bible light and will do just the things the Bible says, not looking right or left, uh, just believing what your word is, is truth. Help us, Father. Now there was many hands, oh, dozen or more, went up, maybe more, 15 or 20, that wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That proves that they're hungering, Lord. And thou hast said, Blessed are they that hunger. Why? The Holy Spirit's already spoke to them. And they're blessed to really hunger, knowing that God is with them and giving them that hunger. Oh, knowing that there's something out there for them as long as they're hungry for it. Just like if a man is hungry for food, there's got to be food for him to eat. Now, Father, I pray that you'll fill every one of them. Grant that they be filled with the Holy Ghost. Even before the revival begins, before this meeting is out tonight, grant, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will come to every mortal being here and fill up our heart with his power and prayer. Yes. Grant it, Now, heal the sickness in our midst. And God be with us. Bless us. Bless our dear brother Neville. We pray that you will keep him humble, Lord, and give him those wonderful, powerful sermons and teachings that he's been given to the church, knowing it is the same, sensible, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. God just pour down the blessings upon him. Bless his wife and family. Bless us all together, the elders, everyone together. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Brother Teddy, that's, uh, you got a word you want to say for the now? Anything with the broadcast for next Saturday, I think, is all. The next Saturday's broadcast. How many here is Brother Neville on the broadcast? He's got a, 
I believe a half hour now. Is that right? Yes, go right Any here. contributions for the broadcast tonight? Somebody just hand that to me after the service. We'll appreciate it. We haven't quite enough money for the broadcast for Saturday, but it'll be here when the time comes. So we thank the Lord for that. God bless you. Now, Brother Neville, stand right there at the door where people go out and where they got something for it, if you will. Hey, That's fine. So be sure not that you get it. As far as broadcast, he's trying to keep on the air. He beats people out in there, people who wouldn't come to this tabernacle. A lot of times I give a trial. People say, well, Reverend Bram, will you come over and pray for me? I said, come over to the tabernacle. Well, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, I just can't get time to do that. You know what? They're too stiff-necked half the time to humble themselves to come to this. That's exactly right. Maybe the pastor says there's somebody catch them up here they're afraid to be in the wrong company. If they think that, it wouldn't do any good to pray for them anyhow. That's right. You know what the prophet said to this Naaman? He said, go down and dip in the Jordan. It's muddy in the dirty water. He said, well, the water's up in my country's cleaner than we'll go on back with your leprosy then. That's right. So he humbled himself and walked out there in the muddy Jordan and dipped seven times like the prophet told him his leprosy left him. That's right. If they're too stiff and starchy to come to the tabernacle, and they can remain with their leprosy then. That's exactly right. God be merciful. Oh, my friend, when I see the day come and see my age slipping up here and everything, what have I done? Oh, I feel like I haven't done nothing. I've got to do something for the Lord Jesus. I, I just got to do something. Oh, I, my heart's tearing out of me now. I feel good and strong, and I, I don't know what to say. I haven't been preaching for years, and I'm starting right now to start preaching. I don't know just what to do, but I want to win souls to Christ. That's I want to get somebody right with God, that's all. Yet in there, I feel like what the ministry is giving, and yet I claim better than a half a million souls to him. But that, that seems so little to the billions that's in the world unchristianized, you see. Just look at the millions and millions and millions is yet to go. Let's go, friends. Let's go. Maybe you can't cross the sea, but you can cross the street. Let's do something. Let's do something for the glory of God. God bless you while we stand now. I want to ask you now, as we sing our dismissing song, take the name of Jesus with you. Look, take the name of Jesus with you as a shield from every fall. That's right. When temptations round you gather, breathe his holy name in prayer. How many will take it with you tonight and say, God, I'm going to love you, Lord Jesus. I want you to go with me. Raise your hands way high now. That's right. God be with you, my Christian brother and sister. All right. Take the name of
you next verse, turn around and shake hands with the person next to you now. At the name of Jesus, Glad to have you, brother. Come back. Glad to have you, sister. God bless you. Shake hands with everybody. If you want to visit, you can go home and visit. But let's shake hands with everybody. See? Go around and shake hands with everybody and go out of the building rejoicing. Won't you do that? God bless you. While we bow our heads, Brother Ruddle, back there, will you dismiss us in prayer, if you will? Brother Ruddle. <laughs>